Hi, I'm Caroline. And I'm Megan. And this is The, the Songwriter Diaries. Today we have guest Bob Barrick. Hi, Bob. Hi. Or should I say Robert? <laughs> you can say whatever you like. <laughs> All right. Um, why don't you start um, by telling us a little bit about yourself and your songwriting history and where you kind of come from. Okay. Where I come from, um, I come from Indiana. Uh, nice. Central Indiana, uh, a town called Noblesville. And um, I'm the youngest of six kids in a very unmusical family. My, uh, the only person that I know in my family uh, who ever had any sort of musicality in their life uh, is my older brother, Ben. And um, he taught me a few of my like, first chords uh, while you know, trying to learn how to play guitar. And I just, it's kind of one of those things where the student overtook the master. But it happened very, Ooh. very quickly. Because um, I don't know if he plays at all anymore. Um, he probably still noodles around and whatnot. But uh, like I'm the only th- I'm the only musical thing going on in my family. Um, however, there is something else in Noblesville of interest. Um, there's this enormous outdoor amphitheater called Deer Creek. It used to be called Deer Creek. It's now called like Verizon Wireless. You, yeah, know, you know, First Bank bullshit. Um, <laughs> and. Um, and he used to go to concerts all the time. He's like, we'd get, you know, bands like, like Fish and the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. and like Dave Matthews. Um, I grew up a really big Jimmy Buffett fan. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah, my parents. My parents are such parrot heads. Oh really? God. What's your favorite uh, record? Probably um, "Take the Weather with You." Okay. Or it's late. A, it's a late yeah, one. It's yeah, a late one. Yeah. Late one. It came out when I was like, I don't know. 12 or something yeah and also not his song yeah wait what who yeah. wrote that um some australian group uh this could probably be googled i don't remember what they're called I'm but sure it it's the original version is significantly better i think Ooh, than jimmy okay. buffett's oh version <laughs> yeah okay, i'm so excited i'm yeah. gonna listen to it it's then. like a 90s like um if you know uh two princes by the spin doctors uh-uh. it kind of has one two princess kneel before you that's oh, okay, what i yeah. said now yeah. it has that kind of vibe to it oh okay yeah and then jimmy came in and was just like let's e. let's put some uh <laughs> um we, the fact checker of the group it's by a band called crowded house yeah crowded house yeah, yeah. wow thank you cool yeah wow. awesome that's crazy i don't run into many red-headed parrot heads I know. in my life me either <laughs> 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 there's two in this room yeah i feel like i should just leave i'm like ruining the moment <laughs> yeah that's weird continue um where was i i like jimmy buffett um yeah so i used to go to all these big shows and uh it kind of permeated um my identity in a lot of ways you know a lot of other kids were into sports and whatnot and i tried that for a little bit and uh it just didn't really work I guess. I don't know. Uh, so I just stuck to video games and guitar. <laughs> nice. And that, that was it. <laughs> in terms of songwriting, I mean, I didn't really start getting into like actually writing my, mu- uh, my own music until I was in college. Um, and I met a bunch of people there and formed a band um, called Coyote Armada. And one specific person that I met like really changed the course of my life. His name's Josh Turner, and he's a YouTube celebrity. Um, and he was a YouTube celebrity in college. To me, he's just some dweeby dude um but i mean he's one of my best friends and uh he exposed me to he and i working together exposed my work to massive audiences around the world um and it's uh ridiculous because like 
I have fans in places like Portugal and Spain and Germany who like hit me up and they're like, yo, Bob, you know, what's up? And, um, and I'm just like some dude in Longmont. It's, it's this weird dichotomy. That's awesome. Have you been to those places and played for them? No, I've not played for them. I've never been to, what are all the places I said? Portugal. Never been to Portugal. I've been to Germany. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't play. I didn't play in Germany though. Someday. Someday. Someday I will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you ever wrote a song? Yes. Um, it was kind of a mashup between uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, uh, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. Oh, my gosh. That was the first song I learned on guitar. Oh, really? <laughs> so this is this is when I was like a toddler, but it went... Uh, so you know the melody to the beginning to Born to Be Wild, which is get your motor running, hit out on the highway, right? So I sang, I sang, um, thunderbolts of lightning, very, very frightening, and that has pursued me my entire life. My brothers and sisters won't, won't let me forget about it. Oh, I, yeah, I wouldn't either, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what is your songwriting process like? Um, um well, I'm a quote-unquote trained poet. Um, I have a degree in it, uh, in poetry. So I'm kind of always writing. It's just something that I do, I guess. Um, and uh, as a result, I'm kind of always writing songs. And my revision process, I think, is really my songwriting process because uh, if something's good, I'll remember it the next day. I don't usually make a recording of what I'm doing unless like I really want to remember a certain lick or something, mm. or if I'm really impressed by it. Um, and if I remember it the next day, then I'm like, okay, I got, I guess I got a song. Let's see if I remember it tomorrow. And if I remember it the next day, then I know that I really have something. So it's essentially just like my subconscious telling me whether or not something's worthwhile, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really it's just something that I've just kind of worked up. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard of that before because I know so many people like myself that just have, hundreds and thousands of voice memos on their phone mm-hmm. that they're like oh yeah i'll remember that tomorrow if i like record it and then i listen back and i don't remember it i'm like what did i do yeah i mean yeah, my thinking yeah. is like this developed kind of organically like i didn't create this method for myself um but uh my understanding of it is if it's good then i'm going to remember it the same way that like you would remember a pop hook mm-hmm. you know um whether it's gonna like that's the only way that it's, you know that a pop hook is going to be good if it's if it if it's an earworm if it gets into your brain. Mm-hmm. So I just treat my music the same way essentially, but I don't write pop music. So <laughs> <laughs> that's valid. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any go to like uh, besides that one? Any other go to methods when approaching songwriting? Um, I've tried. A, I mean, some other things just for kicks. Uh, I like to work a lot in like chance i suppose so um you guys familiar with exquisite corpse it's a poetry exercise um you just take a piece of paper everybody writes a line well i write a line and then uh, i give it to you and you read the line and you write something after it and then you fold the piece of paper so that the line before the one that you wrote is no longer visible and you pass it on to the next person in a circle 
That's amazing. I'm gonna do that with my band now. It's really fun. I mean, like, it's really a drinking game to me. That's yeah. that's how I've always treated it. Because by the end, you get, you know, you either get something like brilliant or you get something completely nonsensical. Um, and both of those are pretty fun to kind of happen upon. Yeah. Oh, cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's super awesome. Yeah, we're definitely doing that at some point. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. One of my songs um, with a band I lived in, so I had Coyote Armada with Josh, and then we moved to New York City. Um, and we started a band called Kingdom Jasmine, and his buddy Carson came along, and we all became friends and whatnot. Um, but a song that we released called No Soul uh, was written that way, actually, with Josh's girlfriend and Josh and I. Um, we just kind of, we did one of those, and then we pieced all the lyrics together into this weird mesh. And it's interesting how it kind of makes sense, but it doesn't really <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, that's so much fun. Okay, so... Obviously, you perform out a lot mm. around the Colorado area, the Denver area. Do you have any great pieces of advice that you would give someone pursuing a career as a songwriter? Fucking do something else. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Um, I don't know. Uh, I was thinking on the way up here, I was listening to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Oh, my gosh. That's what my tattoo's from. Oh, I'm nice. named after Caroline No. Named <laughs> right after on. that song. That, that's song. incredible. <laughs> now we have a bond too. Yeah, exactly. Not just the Jimmy Buffett bond. Well, the Jimmy Buffett and the Beach yeah, Boys, there's something very similar <laughs> yeah, going yeah. on there. Um, so you guys got to pour some sand in here. Um, no, so I was listening to that and, um, and I was thinking like, how am I going to answer questions about my songwriting when people like Brian Wilson exist? Um, True. You know, <laughs> because like uh, foregoing all the career aspects of it. I mean, maybe you guys experienced this, but um, how do I describe it? Uh, like there's such thing as high art and low art, you know, and I feel like Brian Wilson achieves high art very, very well. And I, I mean, he also achieves low art with like round, round, get around, I get around. Yeah, <laughs> that shit, you know, which is good. But, you know, it's not. It's not Caroline, no. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I I want to achieve that, and I think that that's the ultimate goal outside of the outside of trying to make it or whatever, you know. And whenever I hear people talking, like, putting business before the creative goals, then I wonder if they should be doing something else, essentially, you know. And I treat myself the same way, is when I, when I go, well, how am I going to you know, turn this into a steady job, essentially, uh, to quote the kinks. And, um, and I, I try to erase that thought and I go, well, how am I going to actually make something worthwhile? You know, because that's the real goal ultimately to me. Oh, wow. That's very refreshing. I like that a lot. Um, well then speaking of goals, what personal goals do you have and what, and then also do you have any specific goals to do just with songwriting um well i mean i have a lot of goals i want to pay off my student loan debt oh, um yeah. <laughs> that's relatable but that's that's outside of the music thing although i think i think it would really be a great like slap in the face to capitalism if i <laughs> if i used money that i made from music to pay off my student loans i would just you know that would be, i don't know that just would feel so good yeah um yeah. and i know that it's completely antithetical to everything that i just said but you know whatever you gotta live in the hypocrisy uh um i don't know like 
I want to play Deer Creek someday. That's the yeah. amphitheater I was talking about. You know, that's kind of like my original goal. Is I saw my heroes up there. First concert I ever went to was Farm Aid, two thousand one, just oh, right after nine eleven. And um, so it was crazy, emotional, weird. Wow. Central Indiana too. So there's a lot of conservative, like you know, white, big dicked anger kind of thing going on. <laughs> and um, uh, or little, I don't know. Um, and I saw I saw Neil Young and Dave Matthews and fucking oh. like Willie Nelson and oh. Mellencamp and all these incredible artists. And I didn't really even know what I was watching at the time. Somebody from CMT came up to me. They wanted to interview me. And they were like, who are you excited to see? And I was like, I want to see Dave Matthews. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, these like legendary artists were happening. And um, I mean, that's what I grew up witnessing and thinking like, oh, that's what music is. So that's what I want to do in mm-hmm. kind of my heart of hearts, you know. Wow, cool. Colorado terms, that would be Red Rocks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd love to play Red Rocks one day. Who are your biggest musical influences? Well, Jimmy Buffett. Um, (laughs) I'm serious. I'm I'm completely serious about that because to counteract all the high art, pretentious bullshit that I talk about, Jimmy Buffett is just like pure fun. Like nothing matters except, uh, except like enjoying your time on earth kind of thing, you know? And I really appreciate that. But on the other hand, like I also, I'm a big fan of um, Wilco. I really love Jeff <gasps> Tweedy's work. Yeah. Um, like, I'm a huge Wilco fan. Um, if I can make Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, then I'll do that. Um, <laughs> um, I really like Ryan Adams. Um, a lot of the, like, what what at one point would have been called alt-country, but then kind of melded with, you know, the 2000s indie rock kind of stuff, the shins. Um, oh, my gosh. I watched them backstage. Oh, right on. At a show because I was interning at a music festival in Des Moines, Iowa, because right I'm also from the Midwest. And they're amazing. That was the first time I'd ever heard them was from backstage. I was like, who are the chants? And you were I missing know. out. I know. Now, <laughs> now it's ingrained. I know. <laughs> I was really behind the times. You really were. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm also inspired by music that doesn't really apply to the kind of music that I make. Um, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not a jazz musician, but... I'm really getting down on Dizzy Gillespie right now. Gillespie, whatever, oh. however you pronounce his last name. Yeah. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, I like a lot of, like, uh, I feel like I'm living a stereotype right now, but I, li- I like a lot of, like, Afrobeat kind of music. Mm. Um, so a lot of, oh, uh, uh, you know, like orchestra super mazembe and like Ishmael Lowe and stuff, all the stuff that I'll never be able to do because I don't have the rhythm for it and I don't have the voice for it and I don't have the <laughs> cultural roots for it. I, lo- I like Tahitian music. Um, uh, but all of that kind of, it gets in there somehow, you know? Yeah, it does. It totally does. Even when we don't think it does. Yeah. It really, it totally. Oh, and Irish music. You guys like Irish music? I'm like so Like trad Irish. music? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right on. My brother lives in Ireland. He's a citizen. I'm sorry, what? yeah <laughs> are you serious yeah, yeah i was just there this past this past summer right yeah. was it two Where summers were you? ago i can't remember i did like a whole tour of like all of ireland right with my parents and everywhere there was live music like yeah. every single pub we went to and it was just absolutely amazing and like irish dancing and oh so much fun yeah but so andy lives um just north of dingle i'm sure you went to dingle oh. yes okay yeah he lives in a little town called camp um yeah County Kerry. we definitely drove through that oh yeah at least for it's sure it's like the size of this apartment yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> why did he move out there um i think like he was just escaping america 
Um, I mean, he moved when that I was like, <laughs> I, when I was like 18 or 19, I'm 26 now. Um, uh, so, you know, I wasn't really getting like straight answers at the time. Mm. I haven't gotten a straight answer since. Um, but I mean, they, they, he and his wife live out there now and they're, like I said, citizens and they have two kids who are, who have dual citizenship. Um, they like own a, they don't own a home. They rent a gorgeous home by the sea and the mountains somehow. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. And I go, I try to go out there almost every year. Uh, awesome. and do exactly what you just described, just going around looking at pretty shit, drinking, and and listening to old men play 100-year-old songs. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, my gosh. My, I have, my ancestry is from Ireland, from County Cork, okay. and so I grew up listening to, like, the album Irish Drinking Songs on vinyl, and, like, oh, my gosh, all the, my aunt would sing us um, Irish lullabies to go to sleep, and just, yeah, it's wild. Ah, oh, that's cool. It's such a musical culture. Mm-hmm. In it a really is. I mean, and I really, really like Irish poetry. Um, I have never read Irish poetry. So Seamus Haney is kind of the entry point. He's mm-hmm. kind of, um, I mean, he's a very, in a lot of ways, a very contemporary poet, but I also associate him with like a Walt Whitman kind of aesthetic. Okay. Um, then there's a fellow named Patrick Cavanaugh that's worth checking out as well. And a lot of, a lot of their, a lot of Seamus Haney's lyricism specifically is really getting into my music right now. Um, he talks a lot about like dirt, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it. He talks about dirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's come to that time in the podcast. Do you have a song that you would be able to show us this nice day? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I received a, recording that my aunt joy had made it was an interview with my great grandma beard um who i never met uh and it's essentially just like one of those like family history kind of interview things and um in it she's describing the first time that she met who would become my grandpa um or like how they got together whatever And, and she was she was with his brother and then his brother, right? Yeah. And then his brother, uh, like, was working in the city a lot, so she ended up getting with him, and uh, they got married at the courthouse, and then they just went down to, essentially, I guess, the in-law's house, the barracks house, and uh, and said, hey, we're married now. And, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, with the wedding certificate. <laughs> and uh, and the story, according to the recording, I'm sure there's things that happened in between this, but... The way she tells it is they came in, showed him the wedding certificate, and then uh, my great-grandfather sat down at this piano that they had and played like a piece of sheet music. Um, I forget who it's by, uh, but it, the song was called uh, When the Sunset Turns the Oceans Blue to Gold. And uh, I had heard this, and I had just written a song called uh, When the Blue Sky Turns to Black Water. So on this record that I'm coming out with, uh, those two ideas are going to be kind of tied together but i can't i can't play the recording of my grandmother or my great-grandmother right now so i'll just play the song (laughs) that's awesome so when is your record coming out when can they listen okay june or something (laughs) june or something (laughs) maybe sometime yeah there's definitely gonna be a single out i'm opening for uh, josiah johnson from the head and the heart (gasps) oh uh, my gosh congratulations um at the firehouse art center in longmont it's already sold out and um uh so i'm there should be a single out by then yeah that's awesome exciting yay well let's listen to this song and yay
I'll get up to dance when the sun gives the moon half a chance. They're tapping and treading like legless old ghosts in the night. I'll get up to dance when the sun gives the moon half a chance and they're tapping and treading like lakeless old ghosts in the night an old car backfires outside and we beg through the wall for a ride but the driver's away on a long distance spirit phone call and the line
was amazing. I we heard that song at Stem Ciders a couple weeks ago, and I loved it then, and it was even better today. It was so good. Thanks. Oh, so good. Well, I think that's all we have yeah. for today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great having you. Thank you. <laughs> um, do you have any like announcements about the album or shows coming up? Um, well, uh, like I said before, the Josiah Johnson opening gig in Longmont. It's already sold out, so sorry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, so that information is useless to people, but it, it's still cool. Uh, you know, I hope to have the, my record out in summer. It's going to be called Anyone Seen the Light, uh, and um, maybe a single will be dropping along. I don't know. Sweet. Follow me on the socials and you'll find <laughs> out. We will link all of his yeah. socials down below. Yeah. <laughs> yes, awesome. Well, thank you, Bob. And this has been the Songwriter Diaries. Check out our website. And here's to season two. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.